It's time to talk all about biotech in our 360 round. The group really has been beaten down. And with us today is David Nierengarten, head of healthcare equity research at Wedbush, and Ritu Baral, senior analyst covering the biotech sector at Cowan. Thank you both for being with us. David, I was going through your notes. I saw five outperforms um, in the notes. So you see some, some optimistic calls here. What's the trend and why the outperforms? Well, the trend is a counter to the prior year, year and a half of really a decrease in catalysts of um, data catalyst for biotech stocks. I mean, the number of phase two, phase three readouts uh, due to COVID delays and everything like that really dropped over the past year and a half. And that's, you know, these data catalysts are the fuel for stocks to go higher. We see that trend uh, reversing um, starting probably in the second half of this year as the clinical trials that were delayed um, in the past get back on track and hopefully we get some positive data readouts for um, you know, small and mid-cap biotech stocks, which is what I cover um, to, you know, nearly 100% degree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I look forward to talking about some of the names that you brought to us today. And as you said, small and mid-cap stocks. So the, the names that you have are not going to include the Amgen, Gilead, Regeneron, Moderna, and such. Um, as we take a look or two, this group really has been beaten down. Does that mean there are definitely opportunities, or does that mean they're more fairly priced now and where they should be? There are opportunities, as David said. I think what we'll see is something, uh, a recovery that's very catalyst-driven, and it's going to be a stock picker's game. Um, I think all of your biotech baskets have been upturned. I think that, you know, first-generation ARC party is over. You can't indiscriminately pick. You need to know who's got a catalyst in your time frame, what those odds are, and those will be the stocks that should have a promising second half. Mm -hmm. And let me ask you, Ritu, because as COVID uh, winds down, or at least for now, there were the COVID winners. Um, as David was saying, some of the research and development and trials have been pushed back for other types of drugs. Do you have certain names that you like more than others since you're noting it's more of a stock picker's market? Yeah, there there are a couple of my names that had launches right into the teeth of COVID that have had very, very poor launch uh, metrics. They are potentially positioned for a good second half. The question is, it's very, very hard to tease out what's just a bad launch and what is incredibly COVID-driven. I think a couple of those names, um, investors will be watching those metrics incredibly closely as COVID rolls off. And there are other names that They've been delayed also by FDA. Certain parts of FDA have been just absolutely crushed with new COVID drugs. That's been their priority. That's been the correct thing to do. Everything else has taken a back seat. Now that back seat is moving forward. And again, it's that second half time mm -hmm. frame that I think we're all watching. Mm, okay. And David, I know you had Blueprint Med, you had ARGX in there, um, ITOs Therapeutics, which is ITOS. These are some of your outperform names. I see. Tell me about one or two of these and the upside potential, why you like what they're doing. Sure thing. Um, let's start with Blueprint. Uh, for Blueprint, we have a, a key data catalyst coming up in uh, around mid-year where they have a phase three readout. Uh, for their lead drug, uh, AvaKit, in the indolent uh, systemic mastocytosis market. It's a um, 
a rare disease, uh, but it's more common than the disease that is currently approved in, which is the aggressive form of the disease. But we think uh, the phase three readout is likely to be positive. We think that's a key um, driver for the market expansion for the drug that they already launched and saw about 115 to $130 million run rate for the year. And um, that'll be a key you know, reason to own the stock into the middle of the year. Um, regarding Argenix, you know, this is the largest market cap uh, stock in my uh, universe. It is launching, uh, in my opinion, the best in class, first in class FCRN inhibitor. This is a drug um, targeting myasthenia gravis, which is a neuromuscular disease. And uh, I think the launch will outperform expectations. And I think that the um, more, maybe more importantly for investors, this is a key acquisition target uh, for big pharma that's looking for you know, potential multi-billion dollar drug over the next you know, few years. Um, and I really think that uh, Vivgard, which is the name of their drug, is uh, a multi-billion dollar drug. Mm. Okay. So, and we just showed all of them there, all those outperforms that you sent our way. So I'm thankful that you were able to do that. Over at Cowan, you said in the second half, you're going to be watching some of those names that maybe aren't um, Ritu getting um, the recognition they deserve based on some of the things they have in the pipeline or they're putting to work. Are you naming any names for us today or looking at ETFs or are you giving us more that big picture today? Um, so naming names on the second half launches, reco launch recoveries to watch, I would put Global Blood and Insmed, um, watching them very carefully. My mind is not made up, but there is a chance. Favorite names for the second half, I've got uh, my top idea for the year, which is Al Nylum. Uh, it's, a, it's a larger cap. It's not quite large cap. It's um, was mm. now mid cap um, f with the with the pullback. We think that they have a potentially very positive data readout mid year that would unlock a multi billion dollar market and tip them over to break even in profitability. So we think that's a major game changer for them that we think will go positive. We also like Crystal Biotech for the year. They have uh, potential approval by end of year for a rare disease. And we also like Albareo. Uh, it's a pediatric rare disease company, uh, pediatric liver disease company that's just starting a launch. And it's the one launch that I've had that hasn't been touched by COVID. I think the drug is that remarkable and the unmet need is that strong. Um, and we're, we are expecting metrics over the course of 2022 to continue to come in ahead of consensus and outperform. Mm -hmm. Thank you for those, because I hadn't heard of some of those, and so they're very interesting. Um, the final thought, even though, David, I know you cover the big, the uh, small and mid-cap group here, what do you say to the folks who have seen some of their big, large caps pulling back? Do you tell them to just hold on to most of those names as a group, or what do you tell them? Well, I, I think generally um, the tailwinds for the larger caps for commercial launches are, you know, simply that, you know, if, if they have confidence in the um, revenue run rates for the larger um, cap group that's, um, you know, supports their investment thesis, then that's a, you know, that's reason to continue to own them. Um, you know, I think the other reason to continue to own a larger cap group uh, is there are less dependent on the capital markets. Uh, small mid caps, as we all know, are net capital consumers. Right. And when the price of capital goes up, as it has been, um, their share prices go down. And um, so in a defensive environment, I think the larger cap names with you know revenues and 
uh, solid balance sheets uh, will uh, continue to do well. All right, David and Ritu, thank you both very much. Great to chat with you about a really important group of biotech stocks. Ritu Baral of Cowan and David Nierengarten of Wedbush, thank you.